The following podcast is an excerpt of the book, Our Fractured Image, available on Amazon as a paperback, ebook, or audiobook. Life is hard, confusing, troubling, and at times feels impossible. We all struggle with the burden and pain of isolation, meaninglessness, responsibility, mortality, and spiritual emptiness. Our goal during these times of difficulty is not complacency or comfort. Our goal is contentment. A life free from discomfort would lack the challenges needed to grow. Yes, we have times when we would like to see things work out smoothly. We long for our environment to change, to accommodate to our wishes, but what we desire is to know that amid very troubling circumstances, that we are still at peace and not destroyed emotionally. Remember, no temptation has taken you that is not common to man. The significant struggles we face are the same. We all struggle with the pain of isolation. We feel we are alone and no one understands us and we do not understand anyone else. We all struggle with finding our meaning and purpose. We know we are unique, but it can be challenging to discover what our mission is or even if we have a purpose, and at times life seems meaningless. We all struggle with the fact we have free choice and our decisions are our responsibility. These choices can seem to be freedom, but also come with the consequences of guilt shame, and remorse. We all struggle with our mortality, which in turn fosters denial and avoidance. Our time on earth is brief, and that thought is very troubling. We all currently know we will be gone. We struggle with spiritual emptiness, the void within us when we stubbornly try to work out life in our power, with our plan, under our control. At times, it does not seem possible to trust God. We strive with all we must to serve ourselves, to achieve some level of comfort, and as we do, our condition deteriorates and our discontent grows. So, we all struggle with the same major issues, yet we seem to think we are the only ones struggling. You may feel isolated, but you are not alone in that struggle. We are all tempted to turn our backs on God in similar ways, but don't forget the next part of that verse, that he has provided a means of escape. God provided the way of escape through the work Christ accomplished on the cross. The focus of this chapter is to consider what Christ accomplished at the cross. We will also look at how this applies to our daily struggles. What does it mean that his oak is easy and his burden is light? At times, life seems more of a duty and a heavy responsibility than a blessing. Most often, our discomfort and discontent do not lead us to the cross. It leads us to actions within our power and control. We strive to overcome uneasiness through denial, distraction, reaction, and minimization. All these methods seem to work briefly, 
but given time, they leave us more discouraged and emptier. To control our discontentment and felt pain, we alter painful reality through denial. We deny we have a problem, or we minimize the seriousness of the problem. We deny our faults, and by pretending they don't exist, believe we will be able to hide our flaws. We deny our intent, pretending our intent or motives are pure and positive when they are self-protective. We deny our self-centeredness and selfishness, convinced our actions are to serve others. We use fantasy and superstition to strengthen our denial, removing our felt pain further from our experience and reality. We can even use perpetual turmoil as a means of denial, believing that if my life is in constant upheaval, I have an excuse and do not have to deal with the more significant realities and issues of life. Through a lack of gratitude, we can even deny the many blessings in our life. If I choose to live in denial as a means of controlling felt pain, then thanksgiving and gratitude will not be part of my life. Gratitude dissolves denial. So, if I am grateful, I would have to face the realities of life. If denying is not our first choice of controlling discontentment, then we often choose distraction. Distraction is a mild form of denial and can be an effective way of dealing with discontentment and pain. If you want to lessen the pain of a childhood immunization, distract the child with a noisy toy. We distract ourselves in many ways. We distract through entertainment, movies, television, sports, computer games are all readily available and effective forms of distraction. Work can serve as a distraction, a way of avoiding dealing with or recognizing discontent in other areas of life. We can be distracted through education or additional learning. Self-help books are plentiful and can even offer some superficial benefit, but they can also be a form of ongoing distraction from the realities of life. We can be distracted by hobbies. We can be distracted fighting for a cause or being part of a group of like-minded people. It is not that any of these things can be called evil. They may be a valuable part of our life, but not if their sole purpose is a distraction. You still need to spend time addressing reality. We can achieve avoidance distraction with ritual, the practice of a set of actions or procedures with an expected outcome. If I do things in a specific prescribed way, then God is obligated to bless me. If left uncontrolled, rituals can become compulsions and compulsions can become obsessions and the purpose of the action is wholly lost. If distraction becomes ineffective, it is possible to take it another level and seek to numb ourselves effectively. It is possible for you to numb discontentment for some time with food, drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, or computer games. It is the comfort provided by these activities that make an addiction an addiction. Be careful, it is easy to go from distraction to addiction without even realizing it. Another mechanism of dealing with discontentment is through reaction. 
anger can be an effective form of self-protection when you feel threatened. Living as a victim and avoiding responsibility through blame and bitterness can feel like a safe place to hide from life's discontentment. Feeling special because of your unique situation or life pain can be used to justify rebellion and even criminal activity. We long for contentment. Denial, distraction, addiction, and overt reaction do not bring us more pleasure. These activities may be an effective means of avoidance, but in the long run, leave us with more discontentment. What is contentment? If you ask, you will get many different answers. Most people would answer that contentment is the solution to an immediate life problem. Discontented people from the beginning of time have turned to their spiritual leaders, monks, shaman, mystics, rabbis, imams, priests, and pastors for the key to living a contented life. We also turn to our psychologists, philosophers, sociologists, and medical doctors to find the path to contentment. If all else fails, we can minimize your discontentment with a medication. We are even promised contentment by the advertising industry, which promotes their products as a cure for discontentment. Peddlers of counterfeit contentment fill our world. If a wave of contentment suddenly hit our nation, the jobless rate would skyrocket. Discontentment is good for the economy, but cruel to the citizens. Contentment masquerades as many things, so to get a better handle on contentment, we need to evaluate what it is not. Contentment is a vital part of healthy, productive living, but it is not a quality you can, through your self-generated efforts, achieve. Contentment is not a minimization of expectations and learning to live in the moment. This minimization is just a combination of denial and complacency. Contentment is not financial security. If you have enough finances for your basic needs, the rest or abundance does not add to your level of contentment. Contentment has nothing to do with leisure time. Leisure as a sole focus of attainable peace will disappoint. Contentment is not a physical state. You cannot obtain peace with an exercise program or diet. Good health is desirable, but it is not contentment. So what then is contentment? Hebrews chapter 4 describes the contentment available to all children of God. It is the faith rest that should be a part of every believer's life. Unfortunately, what we witness most often or experience in our own lives is a life where we believe in God, but faith rest is lacking. Where is this promised land of rest? We seem to be willing to remain content our belief will get us to heaven while we continue to struggle with life's burdens. We are no different than the children of Israel. We believe in the promise, but walk in the wilderness. Hebrews chapter 4 encourages us to walk in this faith rest provided by God today. We do not have to be weighed down by the burdens of this life 
if we live by faith. We do not have to be imprisoned by the crushing aloneness of isolation. We do not have to be trapped or confused by meaninglessness, pressured by free choice and responsibility, or hobbled by the heaviness of our mortality or the emptiness of our spirituality. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. Hebrews chapter 4. God has promised us his rest. This rest is real contentment. It is the freedom to be the authentic you. It is not a life of complacency. It is the ability to know God's plan for you and the ability to live that plan with passion and commitment. It is living with the belief and faith that God's rest and peace are more significant than any of the world's burdens or problems. God is our source, God is our provider, and we should be living free in service to Him. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our works just as God celebrates His finished works and rests in them. Hebrews chapter 4. We cannot gain God's faith rest by our works. It is provided as a gift bought with a price. Real contentment is only available through and because of the cross. The cost was high and he paid the price. Contentment seems to be out of reach because it is out of our reach. It is only available through the cross. All other forms of felt contentment are a minimization of genuine contentment. The only valid contentment is the faith rest Christ died to purchase for us. For this reason, the burdens of life seem to escape resolution. They have no adequate resolution without the cross. But with the cross, there is a resolution, restoration, and rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, tells us this is not the let go and let God kind of complacent rest. We obtain this rest through diligence and effort. We need to allow God to search our hearts. We need to root out our unbelief and ask God for faith. We need to seek Him with all our heart and not just seek Him enough to feel a little better about ourselves today. We also need to gain a growing appreciation for what Christ accomplished on the cross. So then, we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11. The children of Israel were able to visualize their lives in the promised land, but did not have the faith to enter that land. We too should be able to imagine what life would look like if we lived in this faith rest promise. Do we want to be like the children of Israel and miss the promise? What would our experience of the burdens of life look like if we were to live by faith and experience God provided faith rest. Firstly, we would not see the burdens as burdens, 
but as a vital part of the image of God alive in each of us. Our discontent comes from not living our lives in the image of God as God intended. The image has not changed, but our relationship with God has changed. Contentment comes with living the image. At the cross, Christ provided a way back to God so we should now be able to live in His image as was initially intended. And by the blood of His cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to Himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you were once distanced from Him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf, so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless and restored. Colossians 1, 20-22, the Passion Translation. These three verses appear several more times in this book. Do not skip over them. They provide the answer to your life struggles. We need to live with a growing awareness of what Christ accomplished for each of us on the cross. The image of God in us is fractured. But because of the work Christ accomplished on the cross, we can now renew our relationship with God and live the image and the life that He intended. So, let's take a more detailed look at the burdens we all carry and then evaluate them with the knowledge of being made in God's image. Don't forget... There is restoration for our God image through what Christ accomplished on the cross.